Before we get too far into the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with the great Chuck Sun, thanks to the folks at Race Tech. Of course, you know that you can use the code to save money on suspension work or motor work. You know that. But did you know that they have an engine seminar coming up this fall? The suspension seminars that they've been doing forever, they're all sold out, but they may add some additional dates for those. But the engine seminar, November 2021, in Corona, California, uh, they can help you make a world-class engine. They can make you, help you create low-end power and good power band while improving peak power all at the same time. How do you build a high-performance engine that will last? These questions and more are answered at Racetech Engine Seminar. They'll cover it. Go to Racetech.com to learn more information about their engine seminar and about if they're going to add the suspension seminar date. So thanks to Racetech. Use the code to save. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Chuck Sun. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Racer X. Please subscribe to the magazine, will you, please? There's things in there that you'll never read online, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. But thanks to the folks at Fly Racing, Justin Brayton, Zach Osborne, just a few of the guys wearing Fly Racing out there, and their 2022 line is out. Formula CP helmet. It's got all the safety features of the Formula helmet, but it's a little bit different shell and a little bit better price. So please check out Fly Racing. The Zone Pro goggle is doing great things. Brayton took it to a podium last year, and uh, this can certainly help you. So they've devoted some more uh, R&D to their goggles over the years. So they're doing good things over there. They've got the new Kinetic line, They've uh, well, not new, but revised Kinetic line, revised Evo line, and uh, colors uh, to match anything, styles to match anything, and uh, great features as well. The BOA stuff is, is really doing a good job uh, on their on their uh, light line of gear. Thanks to Fly Racing. I uh, also want to thank the folks at Renthal. They have more championships than all the other brands combined. So think about that for a little bit. Then think about how Marvin and Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac and Adam Cien Cirillo and Ken Roxon and Chase Sexton and on and on and on use Renthal. And they're the winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century. They continue to lead the world at the very top level of sport, amassing more titles than all the other brands combined. A fraction of a second, a few grams, a couple of millimeters. It all counts. Welcome to the winning world of Renthal. Renthal.com for more information. Thank you to the folks at uh, Maxxis Tires as well. Uh, please check them out. Light truck tires, UTV tires, Maxxis.com, MXSTs, developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath, and used by the Maxxis SGB Kawasaki team. And uh, thank you to the Maxxis Tires guys for all they do for all of us. If you're in the market for a tire, support those that support the podcast that you like, which would be Maxxis. Thanks to Maxxis. Uh, Links, Motorsport.com, we'll tell you more about them later. But for, for now, Chuck Sun came to the uh, Pulp studio the other day to uh, chat about a lot of things. So let's get right into it. Thanks for listening. 
And now, as promised, on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, presented by the folks at Renthal and Maxis, Cobolinks, and Motorsport.com, uh, here in studio, in the Pulpamex studios, is a national champion, Motocross the Nation's champion, an all-around American badass racer. It's Chuck Son. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, good to be here. I'm, I'm normally not here. It's a little bit too hot in Vegas right now. Yeah, you used to live here forever, right? For a long time you were here, based I, here? I've been here 20 years. I yeah. still base here, but I, I blow out every summer, Okay. and I go back home, yep. which is Pacific. Portland, Oregon, Pacific yep. Northwest. Yep. It's, it's my home, and... Idaho and sure. Hood River, wh- whatever's the actions at, yeah. riding dirt bikes, that's what I'm doing up that, in the mountains. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a tad hot here in the summer, so I, I wish I could follow that program. <laughs> but coming here in the fall, it's literally yeah. the best place. Yeah. When everybody's getting uh, snow and I like to ski. I just don't like to live in the stuff. You right, know? right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. Nice for you to drop by the studio and, and do it. Much better in person than, than on the phone. So uh, lots to talk to you about, I guess. Uh, what are you doing now, though? What's Chuck's son got going on nowadays? You know, I'm basically looking at being healthy. I like to be involved with gigs and spending a lot of time riding my dirt bike. When the COVID hit, I quarantined at a place called Gold Creek Lodge. Okay. Ended up being great friends with the crew up there. They took over a uh, um, snowmobile resort mm-hmm. and turned it into a dirt bike resort. Yeah. And uh, it blows me away. I think I put 500 hours on a dirt bike last year. <laughs> it's Jeez. unbelievable. Yeah, There's yeah. always a silver lining to yep. problems that happen in the world. So right. it's it's been a good world. I'm um, also helping a friend of mine... Um, work on a project in the uh, uh, cannabis world. Okay. You know, I can't yeah. really say more about that. Yeah. Th- th- and, but, but that's kind of a fun project from time to time. Right. You still get out and ride a lot? I, I'm yeah. riding almost every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between a dirt bike and a mountain bike. And uh, the it just, I think it's going to be more difficult to stay in shape the older you get. So I stay at it and <laughs> keep, keep the endorphins cranking. I love, yeah. I love the mountain bike. And I've been really enjoying, it's crazy, you know, starting hard enduro at 65 years yeah. old. What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. But it, it's really captured my interest and learn a few new techniques. I even sure. got a trials bike to yeah. learn how to do it better. But it's amazing the things that they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I just completed Silver Mountain and all the top pros were up there and it's amazing what they're doing climbing straight up rocks and it's just kind of a a new passion that i have uh obviously i'm not going to make any big career out of it right but it's fun to see how far you can go do you get frustrated because look you're a national champion you were a great racer your mind probably still knows what to do right on motorcycles but your body you're older you know you don't you're not as uh you know you're still in great shape but do you get frustrated at like damn it like i know what to do i just can't do it anymore well we get on a motocross track uh, and i stayed on for many many years yeah. uh i rode the vet worlds mm-hmm. and the a championship always eluded me flat tires or something but uh, i've always enjoyed the adrenaline of motocross and as time goes on i didn't spend as much time mm-hmm. i'd get down there ride a ride a few laps and <clears throat> as the jumps got larger i wasn't as tuned up on them yeah if I jump back into it and started living on a track and jumping, I could get some of it back. Yeah, yeah. But 
at some point you got to let that ship sail and, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 i have and uh Hard enduro frightens me as well. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, if no, I don't absolutely. make this, thing's going to crush me. Yeah. So uh, I think it's good to be in touch with your fear a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, no, that's good. To, good to know. You got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's it's really cool. You're in town. Uh, I just talked to David Bailey the other day for something I'm working on, and we touched on destinations and him going over there, right? And, and you, of course, you were on the original team. You're on the 1991 1981 team. It's 40 years. I, I guess my number I, I got have a lot of questions for you, but my number one thing is do you get tired of talking about it? Well, it comes around every year around donations yeah. time. Um, so no, because not everybody really is holding the full story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when somebody asked me, I said, well, uh, it was Reagan just got voted into office. He survived a gunshot and interest rates were 18 percent. Yeah. And the motorcycle industry was just learning about what it's like to produce too many bikes. Bikes were being discounted. There was no budget. And that's the backstory yeah. that led to an all Honda team. Cause there was no nobody want, cause they, they'd sent teams in the seventies, but yeah, nobody wanted to go anymore. Well, there, there was a, a little bit of a drag in their feet, mm-hmm. but, and the factories backed them up and said, uh, we don't have any budget to yep. allow them to go. So, uh, you know, it, it was a little bit of each one of those. Now, here's another thing that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, I was in, I always wanted to ride in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Yeah. Th- th- yeah. Th- that's the early days. You always read the magazines yeah. and, oh my God, Joel Robert. Right. Uh, it was your dream. I was a young man, 17, 18, just doting on these things. And then I, had this deal with Husqvarna and I said, God, I wonder if they'd let me go. So I rode the last three 250 GPs, led, uh, got a fourth in one. Uh-huh. What year was that? That was 78. Okay. Pretty sure 78. Yeah, yeah. So I'm over there and we go back to the factory and there's a telex waiting for me. Okay. Okay. Telex. Yeah. That's long right. before <laughs> all the other forms of communication. <laughs> and it said, hey, dude, one of our guys got hurt. I, it was either Lackey or Staten. Okay. And they couldn't go to the donations. Mm-hmm. Would you support Chuck uh, to go to the donations? And the Husqvarna factory is fully set up to do that. Mm-hmm. So in 78, we went to Galdorf. And Germany. I, yep. I, I, yep. I was on Husky, and it was a, a real fun time because it was Hannah was just bursting at the seams in the U.S. Yep. It, you know, was it Weinert, Weinert, Hannah? Well, no, this year in 78, oh. it was Hannah, Rick Burgett, uh-huh. Tommy Croft, oh, okay. and myself. Oh, I thought it was Weinert that year. Okay, all right, my bad. The jammer was always in there, and they came close a yeah. number of times, which was yeah. really interesting. Another hero of mine growing up. But at any rate, we could have had it. Now, uh, at this point, I'll throw in props for Rick Burgett yeah. because we were, for the longest time, the only two champions from Oregon. The Hills have yeah. rectified that a little bit since then. But um, And we pushed each other so hard every weekend. I give him props for that. If I didn't have that level of competition. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a small, thin Chinese kid and <laughs> going up against the lumberjack. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so he was champion that year. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, he gets taken out and broke his collarbone. He scored 
no points. Okay. And, and that was a real yeah. bummer. Yeah. Uh, Hannah was second, one moto, and I think I, I got an eighth. Yeah. And then the second moto, I got a second. Yeah. And it was just like off the radar. So I got a huge dose of representing our country and seeing the energy yep. from all the different countries when they come to the donations. Did you guys do the trophy and the? We did both. I did both. Did yeah. Both. Okay. Yeah. We did both. Yep. Um, and the 250, I led for a while uh, down there and faded. I was kind of sick at the time. Yep. You know, but, there, there might be an alternate world where Chuck's son stays at Husky, doesn't go on a Honda, doesn't get a Honda ride. And goes to Europe like Brad and everybody else, right? There, there, there could be an alternate universe. There. Well, I did that. Yeah. Okay, so 79 I go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is what's going to get included in a little memoir. I, I get three major injuries within nine months. Okay. Career done. Yeah. Um, you know, I call up Husky. I mean, it, here's how it happened. Uh, I was coming into my own in the Trans Am. Uh, I, I, I won a moto. Uh and the throttle stuck in Lake Whitney, Texas, and I hit a tree, and Jeez. it lays my leg open. Yeah, yeah. And done for the season, but I still had a contract for Europe. Go to Europe. I'm all hungry to ride. I go to Lommel. It's frozen. <laughs> right. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm j it, it was stupid. You look back, dude. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. You got all season. But right. I'm all hungry. I push him to go down there. I'm catching people on the track. I crash. I break my wrist. Oh, okay. See how it's crooked? Yeah. I always say, now I can stand up and twist the throttle you, you, more. So you, it, you had some sketchy Belgium doctor. <laughs> actually, I did. Yeah, yeah. The guy worked on Carlquist, and he had a big line going into his office because everybody went to him because yeah, yeah. he, he was pushing he was the, the envelope. Yeah. So he brought me in, fixed me up. They just shot it up with cortisone. Five weeks later, I rode the Swiss GP. Okay. I, I, no way was my wrist healed. Yep. Uh, in, at any rate, came back, was top American at uh, the USGP at Carlsbad. Mm -hmm. And I was mentioned right at the end, of, they were talking about Lackey and DeCoster and everything. And I said, oh, by the way, top American was Chuck Sun on the Husky. Yeah, yeah. And then I tore the cartilage in my knee. Oh, done okay. for the season. Yeah. No contract. Yep. Because they said, your contract was with Europe. We don't have any budget in the, here in the U.S. On the 11th hour, Neil Zarni said, we're going to send Eric Kripa back to mid-Ohio for the opening Trans Am series. Uh, and I won the first moto. Like, here's a bike. Just just do what you can. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was like, my bu buddies are going to college. They're graduating from a college. Yep. I'm beat up. What am I going to do? Right. So it wow, was. So you were that close to maybe being done. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. You yeah. know, I had to re-examine everything and. It was spring, or it, late spring in Oregon. It was after the GP, so it was actually coming on to summer. And I don't know, youthful optimism. Yeah, yeah. I just right. felt good. Screw it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Right. And that happened. So, I mean, that's... And Honda's that, like, hey, we got something. That's how flimsy right. a motocross career can be. Absolutely. And, you know, I won the opening round, and I just talked to Greg Davis. He was a sales manager at Husky with Dick Burleson at the time, okay. back in the 70s. And he said, that day, I was there the day you won, and I knew immediately, <laughs> we're not going to be able to keep you. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, you, you were like, hey, dude, that ship sailed. You guys had nothing for me. It, it yeah. was funny that right. the, the Husqvarna guy said, well, they said they yeah. offered me a deal. Yeah. You know, it, dude, we treat you like an employee, you know, a regular salary like everybody okay, else. Yeah, and yeah. That's nice. You know? yeah. that, it's that Swedish 
socialism. Uh, I, I don't know, tongue in cheek. I love, right, right. I love the whole. F- right. I didn't want to leave. Uh, I was now, I, now they're now they're Austrian. So <laughs> yeah, I was identified with the brand. Uh, it, right. I made the transition between privateer and factory. Uh, it, the brand yeah. is very close, uh, you know, to my history yeah. and the feelings of it. Uh, but uh, the Honda was the way to go. I mean, DeCoster was my my hero. Yeah. Uh, how how could I go wrong? And it was uh, a good program. Eric Crippa went with me, oh, nice. which was yeah. a huge part of my success. He knew how to build bikes. Yep. He could relate to me. The mechanic to me was really important, especially if something went wrong. Yeah. I could blame it on somebody. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Crippa was a good dude for sure. Uh, I hung out with him a little bit uh, over the years. And uh, yeah, really, really good guy. But it's funny, like, so 40 years ago is a long time, but it's not that long. And, you know, you, you talk about you, you went to Europe and you looked at those guys. Brad gave up wins and titles to head over there early, right? Uh, um, 1982, Laporte heads over there. Uh, you know, he's still a great rider. Jim Gibson gets a ride, goes over there. Like, nowadays, that's just, you know, they're coming here for the most part. You know, only Americans at the very end of their career maybe go over to do the GPs. But at the time, yeah, like you said, you grew up, dreaming of Sittendorf and and Lomol and Namur and that was where you guys wanted to go and 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 you did you know like a few of them right like it was crazy time it it seemed like a, a very exciting opportunity yeah uh, the, the U.S. was great I forgot about Marty Marty did them both one year yeah yeah but that's where the world championships were created yeah and uh you know when I went there uh, it was it, I was injured yeah. So uh, I and I, and it kind of disappeared for the year, mm-hmm. and then when I came back, I, I wasn't even on anybody's radar. I was mm-hmm. nobody's threat. Yeah. So to win that was a bit of a shock. Yep. Uh, at that at that. How did you do the rest of the series? I was pretty much top three, top five. Yeah. yeah okay. So most so, yeah. most all the series. Right. And I I I didn't see did it? no I didn't get hurt. So that's yeah. the best part about yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Really. And. When you look at uh, the donations, um, so now we won the championship. We're going into '81, and uh, I won the I won the Carlsbad GP that year. Uh-huh. And the the thing I wanted to say about that <coughs> is the the factory was telling me, you know, you got to use this motor Mal Herb's using. Okay. You know, uh, and he's big, strong. Yeah. Southern Belgium, yep. European 500 track. And, and I like it. I said, dude, this thing's like a time bomb <laughs> with 55 horsepower, two stroke. Right, right. And this is Carlsbad, Blue Groove, Southern yep. California. It's not going to happen, but they said you got to do it. But Eric and I went behind the build, building and uh, the hotel and shoehorned did the factory engine. Oh, yeah. From the Nationals, okay. 472. Yeah, yeah. And it just had that sweet power band. You could just roll it on. Nobody said anything to you? Like Dave or nobody, Roger, nobody noticed? We didn't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, nice move. (laughs) And that was, you've probably heard the story because Marty Motes is a friend of mine. He won the first USGP, first American. First American, yeah. I stayed with him. And in that morning, I thought it was kind of quiet. And I look over at the alarm clock and there was no no numbers on it. They had pulled my alarm clock out. (laughs) So I... I missed, I, I ran to my rig, and it was already a line coming into the track, yeah. and I said, I'm never going to make it. Yeah. You, you know, GPs, you got to lay down a lap time yeah. Yeah. for a practice, right. otherwise right. you're out. Yep. Yep. So I unloaded my bike, put my jersey on, rode in, and the Japanese mechanics and Eric are freaking out. Yeah. You got to jump in your gear and get out there. <laughs> 
put down a lap time. Is this an 80 or 81 when you did this? This was 81. Okay, so the year you won. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I threw it in the top five, yeah. and and I think I was fourth or fifth the first moto, and I knew exactly what problems there were with suspension. Yeah, it was set up. We set it up for a hard pack track like Saddleback. Yeah, Real, but but it was too loose. Okay. In fact, and I verified this with Garrett Wolsink, five-time winner of that. <laughs> I said, "Did you ever change your bike from Sand Wolsink?" in Holland to Carlsbad. He said, no, no, I never changed. Always the same. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's just it. The Carlsbad freeway wasn't exactly a freeway. Right. It was like a sand whoop section, yeah, except blue groove hard yep. pack. Yep. So you hit that stuff with loose suspension, your bike went yeah. all over so the place. So it was place. basically like a big sand whoop. You're just a hitting, big, a, uh, you're hitting a, a, a big bump at a high rate of speed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did the unthinkable thing. I told Eric, we're going to change the forks and the shock, yeah. both. Yeah. You know, everybody would say you're nuts for doing that. But we put the sand settings... The second moto, the first time I hit that straight, you just feel it yeah, right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. own it. Right. This is it. And I was able to uh, pull away from Brad and uh, reeled in Mal Herb, yeah. the current champion, and won right. in that, and bagged the win. And that was a hot day, too. So if is that – I mean, look, the, 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 the initial MXDN team was Honda riders because of that was sort of Roger was pledging you guys to go. But uh, – the, the USGP win is that sort of what sealed your deal to go, or were you going on that? Like, when did you start hearing like, "Hey, we're going, and you're going to be on the team"? There, there was no talk of any of okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yet. yeah. yeah. It, it, nothing really happened N until later in the fall or whatever when the when the fundraising started. It, and well, and that's just it. I I was having these battles with Brock Clover, mm -hmm. you know, and we were within ten points of each other for the championship. Yep. So that that was everything. And we go to my home track, Washougal. Okay, this is it. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to gain points. And then the last race is going to be Carlsbad. All right? Brock's hometown. <laughs> Brock's. So we got we both have our home tracks. Yeah. So Washougal, they disc it up. It was completely different than what I'm used to. Um, um, I've got second pick of the gate. I'm pull, I sit right next to the pole. And I watch the lever... And it moves, and I hit the gate. Oh, okay. And I swear they hired somebody from Yamaha to pull the gate. <laughs> but I, I pulled Was this my, the start by the whoop section, or was there another start? This was the start up like, by the old tower. Yeah, okay. So like, I, I, when I first started going there, that was there. Three okay. starting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And okay. it was downhill to the right. Yep. All the wrong things. Yeah. You know. Um but, uh, so you hit the gate. I, I hit the gate, started last, and, and this one homegrown knowledge that I had, I had to make my move in the first lap. So as everybody dove to the inside, when 40 bikes jam into one line, mm -hmm. I go to the outside and I could get 5, 10, a swoop. Yep. And uh, at halfway point, I bagged Bell to move into the lead put out a lot of energy to do that. And then Brock hunted me down, and we went back and forth the rest of the race. Right. And um, to this day, I hear people say, man, that was a, a great race. It was a good time. And I'm feeding off the energy of the crowd. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you want to you be able to deliver something to people you grew up with, you mm -hmm. know, in the Northwest. And Washougal was that kind of track. Yeah, yeah. I saw it sure. there with McCormick over the years, oh. Brian Huffman. Yeah, they love it. They yeah, love it. Yeah. Um, and so... This leads up yeah. to two turn turns from the finish line. I had fallen earlier. It broke the number plate bracket. 
which allowed the throttle cable to reach around the CDI box that was mounted on the front, yeah. and the throttle stuck on that center jump. Right. And the Chuck Sun jump uh, was... Yeah, hence the Chuck Sun jump was is christened yeah. and yeah. ended my race, right. yeah, which was sad. And, you know, but... Yeah. That's racing. Oh, so the so the eighty one title was going down on the wire. If yeah, it, it wasn't for this. Uh, oh, it was yeah, ten, yeah, yeah. ten points. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, and uh, Brock was really good on the five hundred. Yeah, uh, yeah, and won a couple champions on one twenty five, and he came up to do that, and he won. Uh, so it shredded up my ankle. Yep, uh, real bad. And about two weeks later, after Carl's bed, um, Arnold calls. Dave Arnold, yeah. and says, hey, Chuck, it looks like we're putting together an all-Honda team for donations. Will you be ready? And uh, of course I lied and yeah, said, yeah. yes, right, right. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, not, not really sure, but I felt like I could. Jeff Spencer had taped this thing up like yep. a cast, you know. Jeff was really good at mm -hmm. that. Um, I wasn't, I was still on crutches, but I was riding my bicycle with one leg. And, uh, you know, sprained ankles are kind of funky, you know, they, they, they can be very painful and unstable, mm -hmm. but if you tape them up, it, it, you can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was faced with going, going in into it, yeah. to that. So donations, uh, donations was, is in September, early September. Right. Uh, and this is August well, already or, yeah. or July or whatever. Yeah. Washougal's always end of July. Yeah, right. So I got a month to heal from a severely sprained right. ankle. Now it was it was Johnny O'Mara, Donnie Hansen, uh, yourself, and um, uh, Danny Laporte. Danny Laporte. Was there anybody else on Honda then, or was that the complete Honda team? Was there someone else to choose from? Gosh, it, you know that's a good one. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't remember. Well, well, I was trying to think: was there anybody in competition to get one of the four spots, or was it always pretty much you four the whole time? Yeah, I don't think there was anybody else in yeah. consideration. My brother Ron was on the team in 1980. Okay. And Magoo was starting to show up, but had was was kind of a support yeah, writer then. Yeah. Of course, he went in '82. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. which was amazing. Um, uh, he was a buddy of mine too, Magoo. Yeah, he, he was something else. Th those he he swept he swept both races both weekends. It never been done before. Never been done since. Obviously, yeah, it's outstanding. It, it was amazing. I, I'm I'm a fan of Magoo. We were um, we were buddies, and so like okay, so you're on the team. Your ankle's a little bit jacked up. There's, and, and I tell people this all the time. I talked to Johnny about this uh, not that long ago. Like, you know, we had a designations at Lomo not that long ago. USA got spanked. I've been to Lomo three other times for GPs to watch GPs there. The fact that America won for the first time is pretty amazing. The fact that they won at Lomo for the first time, it, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I talked to Dave about it, and Dave's like, yeah, they didn't even put us in opening ceremonies or something he was saying. Like, they, like we, like... No one thought a bunch of American kids from California were going to win in the sand in Lomo. They they kind of scoffed at what they called a B team. I mean, maybe Danny and I would have yep. could have been members of the yeah. team. We were fairly current champions. Yep, yep. I had been on the team once right. before, and and I think that's one of the reasons that they said you know I had some experience. I could imbue some of that yeah. uh, experience. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things recently I've been able to go to an event called Transbergaro in Italy. Okay. And, and those guys are super passionate and got to ride with uh, uh, and hang out and have a few drinks with Eric Gabors. Okay. And uh, rest in peace, Eric. Yeah. I mean, the brother it just 
trying to save a dog. Right. But he would say that the reason the Americans won was because of Supercross. Oh, yeah? That's what he said. He said because the Americans became very, very aggressive. And even though it was still 40 minutes plus two yeah. laps, we never shut down for 40 minutes. Yeah, it was no we, pacing. We yeah. took that new aggression we found in Supercross mm -hmm. and took it uh, to the outdoors. Yeah. And, and that was his, ex he was on the team that year. Yeah. And I, I always found found that pretty interesting. Malherbe and Joe Bay were not on Belgium, but Vermont's was there, and Vermont's was a sand guy. I mean, he, I think he won. Right? Romans. Romans, yeah. He was amazing in the he sand. He was always the sand master. Yeah, he yeah. was that guy. He was the hurlings of the day you, uh, in the sand. Do yeah. you remember how practice went or anything? Were you guys thinking, like, hey, look at our qualifying times? Do, do you it really started, it was really kind of funny how that built because uh, every, there was a lot of interest in the Americans, uh, even though th there was a lot of scuttle over yeah, over yeah. it being a B team, but uh, we had these tents. They they set up the pits differently down there. We were like fully enclosed in a tent, okay. so we could hide away. Yep. And every nook and cranny there was an eyeball. You know, people looking, <laughs> trying to see what the Americans are doing. Right. And the new factory Hondas. Keep in mind they've they'd only really been out for a year. Yeah. They'd always been twin shocks. Now they're into these yeah. new, cool, single shock, lean-looking, radical machines, uh, and all of one thing. So there were so many variables of it being one team, a, a, a fresh new face, and we're setting decent lap times. Yeah. But the scuttle really started when we hit the qualifying. Okay. Uh, when we hit the qualifying. We were, I won my heat. Um, oh, it was heat races? It was, or yeah. qualify. how was it? Do you remember? Yeah, there, yeah. There, there, it was broken broken down into maybe just two, 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 two heats. heats. Okay. Yep. You know, to take in the countries. Yeah, which countries qualify. And they yeah. break it all down. I won, I won my heat. Yeah. And by total, we were leading the qualifying by a wide margin. Oh, okay. All right. So it was already starting a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the chatter yeah. was... Right, right. The chatter was, well, yeah, that's only 20-minute moto. Yeah, yeah. They'll never make right. it 40 minutes. Right. Not right. on Lomo. Right. Not on this tough jo Johnny Lomo had probably never ridden a 500 before. <laughs> yeah. Johnny was 140 pounds. He, so. he hadn't. Right. And he hated it. Yeah. But but Lomo was 250. Yeah. Oh, Lomo was 250. Lomo okay. was 250. Yeah. Okay. Gandalf was 500. Okay, Galdolf was 500. Yep. Um, and then it just built through the weekend, and yeah. it was uh, the the energy was beyond uh, how I can hardly describe it. Yeah. There because the 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 fans over there, um, I, I, we have incredible fans here. I I guess when you blend it, the country uh, pride from yeah. from the different regions, yep. it adds a little more more element sure. to donations. Sure. And, you probably felt it that Redbud. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was there in the mud and. Uh, no, I've gone to Disney Nations for like eleven years in a row. So yeah, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you have three countries within two hours, right, of Belgium or whatever it is. So everyone pours into it. It's, and it's, every rider that experiences that, they'll share it with you. That it's yeah. an amazing yeah. experience. I don't even think it was in our contract. It was just kind yeah. of an extra just, thing. Just do it, right? Yeah, and it was uh, something you just do. You want to do. You want to be a part of it. Yeah. Amazing. You must have just, the four of you must have been sitting there after the, the day and just been like, holy shit, like we won. 
<laughs> it, it was it was yeah. impressive. Yeah. And, you know, they each country had a rider that came up and did well. Mm hmm. And ar arguably, uh, Danny was always a sand rider. Yeah. He, he, he was down in, uh, hanging out in the sand pits down in uh, uh, Southern California, out in the desert. Oh, like Bean Canyon and all that? No, oh. no, more, more Palm. Oh, Palm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was out there, So yeah. and he did the Florida series. He was a right. sand specialist. He was so, really yeah. good there. So Danny was okay, but the rest of you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we all scored points yeah. that contributed. They used it, which was fun, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, did they still drop your worst one, do you remember? Sure. Yeah, yeah. they did that, yeah. yeah, same as now, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, and... But, so each one of our totals included towards right. the win, and and that was a nice thing. I mean, and everybody had a good time. Uh, I remember riding with Johnny and uh, Dan uh, Hanson up in Simi Valley on their their gnarly sand yep. tracks up there. Yeah, and, yeah. And that was uh, before the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier, you know, watching what they were doing up there, they'd have this turn that if you didn't make the turn, if your front end washed out, you'd literally <laughs> lose your bike over a cliff, yeah. and. Uh, you know they had great attitudes um i mean there was nothing yeah. negative about the thing and then uh, roger was supportive you know uh, getting all the bikes set up yeah and having them there I, the I heard roger dave was saying roger got a lot of shit here he is a belgium well that was his <laughs> first foray yeah. into representing another yeah. country yeah, so absolutely. yeah it yeah. was it was huge uh so danny went three two donnie went four eleven johnny goes two three and you went eight six and you won by 17 points. That's a, that's a, that's a walk in the park. You know it, what I mean? Like, that, yeah. Those are some big numbers yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. It, it shook the world. I went there and I rode the 50 championship a few years ago. Okay. And the sand there is bottomless. Yeah. It's really strange. Um, it's not like Southwick where you can throw the bike in. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, it might be worthwhile to mention a little faux pas that I entered into when I was at Lomel when Barsha was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. During, yeah. during qualifying. Yes. I, I never had a chance to fully explain that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, was, that was great. We're like, oh, my God, Chuck's son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so we always pride ourselves, racers, on sneaking in, into areas that yeah. we're, we're not supposed to be in. Right. And I've been doing interviews, so all these uh, uh the people checking passes, looking at the monitors, they recognize me, and I just nod to them and walk right, right into other yeah, areas. Yeah. So I was in a press-only area, not very many people. I go, this is sweet. And right in front of me, Barsha, I go, no, no, don't throw it in so hard. Washes the front end, comes all the way across, <laughs> and stuffs himself in into these <laughs> fence. plastic fence. It was like a Chinese finger trick, yeah. you know, yeah. and could it, couldn't get it yeah. out. And I'm sitting right there, and I'm like, I'm screwed. Everybody's seeing me. Well, you're not even going to help your guy? And I said, well, no, you're, you're not supposed yeah, to. Yeah. So I waited a little bit. And and I said, you know, it, it's all bets are off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten guys went by already. It, was... it, it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And, you know, the people, Barsha is still a star. And he was, yeah. a, people wanted to see him ride. Yeah. They didn't want to see him lay in the fence. Yeah. So I took a gamble. I said, well, I'm not going to touch the bike. I'm going to influence just, the just, fence. Yeah, help the fence out. 
Yeah, unfortunately, all the cameras were on it. It was on totally. the jumbo screen, and I we, was, we were, I was hosed. We were, la- it, we were laughing. We're like, we're like, is Chuck son really helping? Like, oh my god! Like all the irony of being back at Lomo, being a Dis Nations winner, and I, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now I, I got to oh, go great. back again. You know, the rule is, don't help the riders. Rider, right. And why did that come about? It came about because in the '60s and '70s, bikes were really unreliable. Yeah. And they would start, the factories would have mechanics with spark plugs positioned at seven different points around the track. And it was unfair. Right. Because somebody would blow a spark plug and they put a new spark plug in and it was a disadvantage. Bikes are now reliable. That rule isn't really as valid. Anyway, that's that's another. Uh, So you win the, you win, you win Lomo and then you stay back the week and you win the next one. Uh, 500s. We we go to Galdorf. And you do the same thing again. And, and, and you just work them again. Yeah, it's quite quite a week. It it was amazing. Now at at Gal, Gal, it, uh no, what what was the name of that next uh, track in Germany? Uh, Geldorf. No, that was oh the, when when, when it, you went that before? was in seventy eight. Okay, I don't know. I have to look. Bilstein. It oh, Bilstein. Okay. I think it was Bilstein. Yeah. And the skies opened up the second moto, and things just didn't go well for me. The first moto. I was working through the pack, well in the top 10, and there was a jump, and the ch- I kind of th- flew sideways and landed and threw the chain off. Okay. And I can remember Colquist won that, mm-hmm. and he had come up to lap me, yep. but he couldn't get around me. I didn't even know it was him. Yeah. He couldn't pass me, and he's known for his... Temper. temper. You'd yes. never know it because yeah. he, he was the nicest was guy. Was he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, how are you, yeah, Chuck? Yeah. You know, he yeah. was such a nice guy. But he'd uncork yeah. on the track. Yep. And he was, before I kill you, you know, yeah, he yeah. was so angry. He thought I was trying Holding him up. to hold yeah. him up yeah, for yeah. the team, which wasn't anything like it. But right. I, I got a good laugh out of it. But um, You're a national champion. You won the 500s, like I said, back in the day. Uh, and you win the Dis Nations. But everyone just wants to talk to you about the Dis Nations, right? Is that your like? I mean, is that the thing that, like, what what I went back to at the beginning of the pod where I said, you know, do you ever get tired of talking about it? You know, actually, I, a lot of times, you know, I'm hanging out at Gold Creek Lodge. Yeah. All right. And there's a stream of off-road riders coming in, and they they love to ride, and they know about me, and we say hey, and uh, it really doesn't come up as much. Okay. All right. You know, yeah. I I I think. Uh, the, the history is important uh, for people to be re- reminded of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, people are younger. I mean, maybe they were born, you know, five years after yeah. uh, that happened or 10. Right. Um, so the fact that, uh, you know, the motocross files, Todd Huffman is looking at producing the 1981 film, yeah. the dream team uh, is kind of a cool thing. Right. And, Times were different. Uh, there were d- different circumstances going on in the world, and the sport was still growing. Yeah, I mean, we were still fairly new sport. Yep, it really got kicked off late '60s, '70s. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of they they say the golden era, and and in some respects it was yeah. because technology was emerging. And when you see these factory bikes, it it would just mesmerize people yeah how cool it was yeah it's still cool to see a factory bike yeah 
uh, you know, all the little bits and the sure. pieces. And, yep. uh, but back then, you could really see the difference. Oh, 100%, right? And it was yeah. like, wow, look at that. And there was so much energy in the sport that everything was amplified. Yep. Um, but before we get too far into this, so speaking of Todd Hoffman, he's doing a documentary, and they're going to have a press conference on uh, Thursday, the 15th, you said. Wednesday, the 15th. The 15th. Do um, Dofo Winery Dof out of yeah. Temecula. So, so if you listen to this and you want to, you're in the SoCal area, out in Temecula, Dofo Winery, head on up. Uh, it's open to the public, right? Uh, you can get if you if you contribute a little bit, you can get a poster. Yeah, I think yep. 25 bucks gets you in, and uh, uh, Roger is going to be there, and uh, my my fellow teammates. That's awesome. And yeah, we're excited to get together again and yeah. talk about old times, and uh, he's. Has big plans for this uh, docudrama. That's cool. Uh, he does good good work. Actor yeah. reenactment. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. He's done a great work in the past, and uh, I, I think a number of companies are on board. And, That's awesome. Uh, and he's got a good chunk of the funds raised for it, and, it, and there might be an opportunity for uh, people to be a part of it. And, okay. And invest in yeah, it a little bit of well. a crowd fu crowdfunding yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I think five five thirty out there in Temecula at Dofo Winery, and you you can sign up ahead of time. I I don't know if they got it up and running, but you can give them a call or go yeah. online to dofowinery.com and and check it out. the The owner, he's a motorcycle advocate. He's got all kinds of collection over there. Yeah, primarily street, but uh, they speak moto. That's cool over there at Dofo. So that's going to be a fun time. I I always like to see uh, see those guys. Yeah. we have a good time. Absolutely, it's it's kind of you guys are bonded, right? You guys are bonded together. It's yeah. It's, it's it's something that in our in our sport. It'll go down in history, and, and you know, as the first time, the first moment, and and certainly that kicked off. I think a 14-year winning streak. Uh, the 1981 team kicked off a 14-year winning streak, and then no no country has won it more since '81 than, than America, of right. course. So. And and this was something that began after the Second War, 1947. Yeah, yeah. On those early bikes, and England and Sweden were, and then Belgium, they were dominating so you mentioned 82 and the the battle with brock and everything else were you eligible to go in 82 or were you too banged up from that or do you do you remember thinking like hey man like i want to defend like you were still a great rider do you remember how that went down i don't really recall it was towards the end of the season um i i still had a a good year mm -hmm. And I was second or third in the championship. Yeah, second in '82. Yep. And yeah. Third in '81. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the third in '81, I didn't ride the last race. Yeah. So. Right. Um, so you you know like I would think that Roger may because it went it was an all Honda team again in '82. You know I think I so. felt kind of like um, let's give uh, everybody a chance. Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, Gibson. Gibson went. went. Magoo. Bailey filled in for Donnie, uh, who got who'd gotten hurt. He'd won both championships that year, and then it was Johnny again. Yeah, yep. yeah. So and I was, uh, you know, had now bought a plane, was learning how to fly. Oh yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, has I I wasn't always completely focused. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Could have had some better guidance in that respect. Sure. Um, you know, keep in mind back in those days, when they talk about a long season. Um, our season was long yeah. as well. And also, there were 40 minutes plus two laps. Yeah. So if you look at uh, the race in Palo this last weekend, uh, we, we would be doing 40 minutes yeah. plus two more laps. Yeah. 
So they were throwing up in 30. Imagine tack on another 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's just flat dangerous. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the Carlsbad GP. Um, it was over 100 degrees yeah. heat, heat that day. Yeah. And I, I feel I had that going for me. Okay. Uh, I, I did okay in the heat. Yeah. I could act. Which is weird being okay. from, from the Pacific Northwest. You wouldn't think you'd, you know, but yeah, whatever reason. Well, and yeah. the other reason uh, I enjoyed the Carlsbad GP, because in the Northwest, it's always uh, loamy, yeah. sweet dirt. Right, You know, right. grassy, berm off. So yep. how, how would I do in a Blue Groove hard pack? Right against the Southern California boy. So yeah. that was always satisfying for me that I was able to adapt, ad adapt and yeah. figure that out down there. Right, right. And then that was, you know, it was sweet, um, uh, re not really revenge, but I didn't really get mentioned the last time I did well at Carlsbad by uh, ABC. And World yeah, World yeah, Sports you were a little bit. <laughs> two years earlier. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you know, there was no denying. Sure. So that sure. that was yeah. that was also a lot of fun. So I talked about how Gibson headed over there and Danny headed over to the port, headed over. Did after the designations went, did you get some offers? Did did you think about it? Did you want to? So the next year, you you have your, your well, I had your, a three year contract. Okay. So I was finishing out my third year. Okay. And I actually expressed, and this is this is a mistake, that that I wanted to you know, take time off. Oh, you, okay. You did that. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, and then Honda was like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, you know, they just, it, it never goes well if you, if you don't show 150% racing because yeah. it takes yeah. everything like that. And I, I, I felt like I was fairly burned out. Right. But then after a little bit of rest, I was like, oh, maybe I could race. Sure. Well, I was going to, one of the questions I had for you jotted down was here. So you win the championship in, in 80, 81 is good. 82 is good, right? You're still a, a front runner. You're winning races. 83 doesn't go so well for you. And then you're done. You're done. Like, well, yeah. I, I mean, 83 was, um, I was really retired then. Oh, so you were, racing. you were basically done. It, it was just, yeah. it, it, it was at the last minute, uh, Mako had yep. this deal, and I go, oh, that might I, be. I have Mako question mark. So. And I said, that might be kind of fun. Yeah, okay. You know, let's do that. They built this special bike. Yeah. Uh, was, Sel was that Selvarage? Selvarage was what, involved. He was Mako guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, okay. You know, he's he's been around forever. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and it's always good to see him. I just saw him recently. Did they just Mako throw a bunch of money at you, too? Was that part of it? A little bit. Okay. You yeah. know, and... Uh, it's really funny how they work. I, I think it was like, hey, well, here's some expense money. Here's 20 grand to go do the series. Yeah, yeah. And I was fifth in the first moto at Hangtown. Okay. And I said, wow, that's yeah. not bad. Not bad, yeah. Uh, the brake pedal tore off the second race. <laughs> um, and and then within a week or two, uh, there was uh, another telex from the... Uh, from the factory, oh, they're going bankrupt. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and actually, uh, the the representative said, ah, yeah, gosh, it'd be nice if you gave the, some of that money back. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and and I toiled over it for a little bit, and, uh, you know, it's probably sent half of it back. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. I It just seemed like the right yeah. thing to do. Right. I probably didn't have to do it, but... Yeah. And, and then called it good. So effectively, after eighty two, you were you you were done. Yeah. Like well, you, you were 
you were happy with everything you you accomplished. I I was happy and I w- I felt like I was burnt out. Yep. And then uh, Lanfear uh, Enterprises uh, up there in Oregon hooked me up with a Honda, and I think I was top Honda rider at Washougal that year. Okay, yeah, just I got just, another fifth. And, right, right. Um, you know, I was then I started creating sun products yeah. and different things like that. Yeah, how'd that go for you? I remember the full page ads in magazines. How'd it go for you? You know, things were clicking along okay. Yeah. Uh, the distribution business I found out really is, it, it's really a business for a banker. Okay, yeah, yeah. Not a racer. You, you, <laughs> well, your, your product, you're only going to make the little tiny margin on your product yeah. if you have the bank to buy it and replace it and buy it yeah, and replace just it. just keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just felt like that wasn't something I wanted to do. Right. Uh, so I, I kind of wrapped it up. It was fun, good experience while I did it. And then after that, I, I became a stockbroker. My buddy was uh, doing well with Muni Bonds, okay. and I had a great experience and career. I did that for 10 years. Where were you based out of for that? I was first first in Portland, okay. and then I was in Southern California. All right. Okay. There was a company, Kroll Whedon, a regional uh, Pacific Exchange member firm yep. that I was a broker for, and then I, I trained with uh, uh, Advanced Wall Street firm and went to Wall Street in New York oh, and, wow, okay. and did some training. Yeah. And it, it, it was fun, cool business yeah. to be a in. A little exciting, right? A little bit of adrenaline rush? But sure, that, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, I didn't trade, um, you know, like options right. and risky stuff. Mm-hmm. I primarily went for fixed income, uh, so more serious money yep. long term, and uh, it was a good time. Met yeah. a lot of really good people. Uh, and probably, you probably made more doing that than you did in your racing career. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you add it all up, yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. probably. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, I mean, when I was doing well under Reagan era, we still came out of Carter era. And the I just looked it up too because I'm writing a few things. The the heaviest tax bracket I think it was above 180 thousand was taxed at taxed at 70 percent. Really? Holy smokes! 70 percent. Wow. And it, it was a bit unfair to me because okay, if if a guy makes 200 grand a year for every year for 20 years, yeah. He, he, okay, maybe you know, but not for one year. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And so. The uh, tax code said, okay, well, here's an option. You can buy a plane. You get investment tax credit, 10%, accelerated depreciation. I said, yeah. huh, huh, I think I'll do that. <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> buy a plane and learn how to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fly Racing Racerex podcast with Chuck Sun. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, of course. Flyracing.com. Check them out. The latest and greatest stuff is out from those guys, the 2022 line. Justin Brayton, Zach Osborne, Savachi Bogle, all running fly racing. I want to thank the folks at Renthal, of course, and uh, uh, um, uh, Max's Tires. And Motorsport, uh, free shipping, anything over 79 bucks at Motorsport. They're a Pacific Northwest company, Motorsport. Uh, so they have roots up there, same as Chuck's son. Thanks to the guys at Chuck's, uh, at Motorsport. They get OEM and aftermarket parts as well. Ryan Villopoto and myself, our Motorsport guys. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com to save and uh, and do that. And also thanks to the folks at Cobo Links. Uh, lowering suspension links for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. And they made up there in Boise, Idaho. And Pulpamex is the code to save. with could Get uh, free shipping and save money with that code. Uh, basically, give yourself some more confidence, uh, be able to handle a bike. If you're a shorter person, shorter stature, Cobalt Links will bolt right up and give you a little bit uh, better plush handling and allow you to have more fun riding your dirt bike or dual sport or whatever it is. Cobalinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Again, use the code PulpMX to, uh, to save. Chuck Sun is uh, here in studio. Um, when I think of your career, 
I think of Destinations, right? I think of 500s because you were really good at that and you rode them very well. I don't think of Supercross very much. And then when I looked at your results, I'm like, hey, he got third overall in 80 the, the year that Mike Bell won. Um, so you were a good – you were a better Supercross rider than I remember, Chuck. I guess that was early before it was televised. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun with Supercross. Honestly, it was, uh, it was still a fairly new thing. It had yep. been around for about eight years. But not a long time. Yeah. And it was always, uh, uh, you know, a secondary fun thing to get in front of the fans to bring the sport of motocross to them. But it wasn't really the primary. The number one was the Outdoor 500 Premier yeah. Championship. But we, ha- we had a lot of good time. I think I won most of my qualifiers. Yep. And it, it could have been a little bit closer. I, could, I still lose sleep over... Uh, Losing New Orleans okay. to Mike Bell yeah. by half a bike. Oh, line. really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, they put they, the brilliance of uh, race promotion. They put in a water hole. Oh, yeah. They did that for a while. Yeah, yeah. for a few rounds. Yeah, and it it actually worked out okay for me because I'm from the Northwest. Yeah, and yeah. I just grabbed another gear and and flew through it, got into the lead. But the water got into my carburetor. So when I was leading the second part of the race, the slide was sticking. Sticking, yeah. So I had to back out of the throttle early. Yeah. And and hopefully it'll drop down and use a clutch. And that cost me some time. And oh. Bell Bell caught me. Okay. And the last turn up to the big ski jump uh, had a better drive and beat me by half half oh, a mile. Oh shit! Other so, than that, you would have been a Supercross winner. Yeah. Well, I I won Atlanta. Yeah. Um, did, and that was cool. Did so. you feel like it, was it a struggle for you a bit to adapt to it? Did you feel like you were pretty good? I felt so it was okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did it on Husky. Right, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was doing it on Husky, and that was a thing to do. Um, it, you had to do those races to get the attention. I'd drive all the way from Portland down to Atlanta. Yeah. That was the first race of the season. And I heard somebody told me around your era, late 70s, the factories weren't even necessarily telling you you had to race Supercross, right? They were like, hey, if you want to do it, cool. You don't need, it's not in your contract. We want you to win outdoors. Well, the, the, the money, the prize money was a little bit better. Yeah. So well, st- still it, same today, Chuck. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it was, and local racing was pretty good money. Uh, and that's where a racer is all about, yeah. is, is trying to, you know, make a couple bucks. Uh, sure. It, it's not like uh, the massive contracts that we've seen in the yeah. in the last uh, twenty years. Yeah. I what would you really peak? Would you max out at Honda for a factory factory deal? Well, my salary was like fifty grand. Yeah. Um, but I had a three year deal, and it was all about the other bonus money. Yep. Uh, I made good money from JT, my JT contract, yeah. and all the contingencies. So all told, um, you know, about 300. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's awesome money for back then. Well, yeah. I was looking yeah. back at uh, what interest rates were and, and inflation and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, gas was, uh, you know, buck 30, buck yeah. 40. Uh, so maybe if you say things were four times more expensive now. Yeah. Uh, that's like a million dollars. Yeah. So it was enough to buy a plane and, yeah, and yeah, do no, things with. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it, it was good time. Um, it, it's not going to last forever. So yeah. I'm, I'm always looking to do other things. And that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed being a stockbroker. But then I just said, I'm kind of too young to be in a suit and tie instead of an office. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
and I cut that yeah, tie how old, off. So how old were you when you stopped in 82, at the end of 82? How old are you? What are, what are we talking? Well, I was probably uh, 25. Yeah, yeah, really, right? 25 20. years old, and you're done. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, But I was real excited about being a stockbroker, passed that test. Right. Up, but, but then, you know, early 30s, I, I just felt like I was too young to do that all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, an early midlife crisis. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 it came at the right time for a motocrosser, right? Yeah. 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 And um, I uh, I had a whopper month. I, you know, I think I made, you know, I had this $25,000 month, which was big for me back yeah. then. And I bought a couple of bikes and a truck and just started riding again. Oh, you did? You got yeah. into it again? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, not, not to race yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah, but just, just yeah. Yeah. Uh, my brother Ron and... Uh, we rode the trails in Trask and, and uh, the trails in Oregon. That's how yeah. we learned how to ride. Sure. And uh, we'd see, the first time I saw a Husky was trail riding and th they were standing up on the bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the chrome on the tank and you just stare at them. Wow, that looks so cool. Right. And it was seeing how far you could get up the hill and see if you could make it because turning around and going down the hill is horrifying. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. at 12, 13 R years right, old. Right, right. And we just learned on our own. Yeah. And that's that's how we learned the passion for dirt biking. And that returned to me. And that's what I still like to do. So at some point when you're 17, 18, there's no Loretta, there's no amateur motocross program in these days. You, you have to say to yourself, hey, mom, dad. My brother and I, we got to go to California. I mean, right? At some point, you just got to move down there, right? And start racing locally, and that's how you get noticed? No, never did move to California. So, how did... Oh, well, excuse me, yeah. I did. When I was riding for Honda, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was every... The, there's a hotbed in Del Mar, and I said, hey, it'd be cool to live down on the beach. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. I had a condo down there. Right. And we'd train with Gary Semix at Crossed and Marty Motes and Costa Mica. Okay. There'd be these renegade tracks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you get on a part of the track and look down at the ocean. It was good times. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It, it was very good. But, yeah. But how did you get noticed then to get on, like, at the, you would drive from Oregon to the races and, and like, just follow the races? Well, I, we, we had a pretty strong uh, local action okay. up here. Yeah. And uh, the uh, w interesting thing about it, we had, you, you know about the Thursday night motocross. Yeah oldest, yeah. longest-running night motocross in the country, right. 50 years. Well, that was a hotbed. That was Thursday night. Wednesday would be Asbury Park in Albany. And then uh, Friday night would be Woodburn Drag Street. Okay, so... And then Saturday would be Fox Hollow. And then Sunday would be Washougal. Now, this is in the heat of summer. Yeah, yeah. Riding bull tacos. Yeah. It, so there'd be times I'd race five yeah. times in a week. And have a big wad of bills yeah. and a headband and hair to the back of my neck. And, <laughs> and I, I had a Galaxy 500 and a trailer with yeah. all my bull tacos. Yeah. And that's what we did. Um, yeah, Gary Denton tells some great stories of racing SoCal like that, right? Like he was just, he was like, I don't need to go to the Nationals. I am crushing it in Southern California at these four races a week. Yeah, I yeah. don't need to go. Well, I, right. I, we're just cutting my teeth. And, and, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden I lift my head up and said, okay, what's next? Yeah, yeah. You know, now I'm 18, have it ever done a national yeah um my first pro race was evil knievel the snake river yeah oh really 74 yeah yeah and uh, glover was there too i think yeah yeah of all things there was a motocross fan uh that owned a strip club in okay portland, yeah. in portland yeah 
uh, his name was Mike Webb, no relation to yeah. the other Mike Webb. Right. But he's since passed away, but he was always impressed with my writing. So he said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll pay for the expenses. We'll take you out there. We need you to represent us. Yeah, yeah. And we'll split the purse. I said, sweet, let's go. How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up getting- And free lap dances when, I got when like we get back. I got ninth or something. I, you know, yep. my very first pro race against all the- Yep. Top guys on the Boltaco. I remember the qualifier. Uh, was this before the jump or after the jump or like what was it? Before the jump. Okay, yeah, based Bef around the before the canyon. Yeah. For the, the skyrocket. The three or four days leading yeah, up yeah. to the skyrocket. Which I heard it was kind of like a Woodstock festival almost around oh, there, right? Madness. Yeah. That's what the, I, the Harley people and. Right. Uh, he uh, hired the, Harleys for security people. He hired the factories yeah. and. and and there's some interesting stories because the crowd got so heavy yeah. that the people that were standing on the closest end of the cliff, yeah. the throngs pushed them over. And, and I said, friends, they said they jumped down. There's one more shelf. Yeah, yeah. And then they finally caught it. Hold on. Yeah, People hold on. are going to die here. Oh, shit. Uh, it, it was insane. He hired a, uh, um, uh, Hell's Angels for security, I read, or something. Like, uh, he, Evil did. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, it seemed like a very out of hand. Th there were Chopper and Harley yeah. people everywhere. There was right. a, a, a massive campground. And you're we 18 went. at this point. You're 18. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm checking it out. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Loving it. We had a great time, and I, I, I think I won, like, 1100 bucks. Okay. And so my sponsor was super excited, Yeah, and, and I'd never won that much money oh, before. Oh, so you never, you never really did the go to California, no. race, and get, you know, who's this Chuck Sun dude, and let's never did that. Yeah. I went down and did a race. Yeah, but never, like, yeah, didn't we heard get about discovered that way. No. Yeah. We heard about Saddleback. This is kind of a, a funny story. Um and Saturday, they had these big, long motos. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool to go there. So I took my Boltaco down there, and I think Jim Cook was there, a couple names. Anyway, uh, I I checked out yeah, and won by a long distance. We were all happy about it. Mm -hmm. And come back in, and they had me down in third. What, what happened? What's this? Yeah. Oh, I I thought you broke down or something. They just screwed up the scoring. <laughs> There's no way you're gonna pass yeah. a lap up. Yeah. And and I just said, ah, don't worry about it. Let's let's just go. Right. You know? Oh shit! Wow. That's I mean, funny. it was. Yeah. You know, it it was. Uh, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. A heartbreak or anything. I I knew what I did. Yeah. That was yeah. fine. But they didn't know who I was. Right. Yeah. There was no way you're gonna come down here and do that. Right. So that right. was my first experience. Um. So in '75, I worked with a dealer that uh, uh, Monty Gensman, uh, GNN Cycle. Okay. And they said, hey, you gotta try this. Uh, back then, before that, a, a country Yamaha supported me on the Boltacos. Mm -hmm. And I felt I needed something maybe a little bit more reliable if I was gonna go on the circuit. So in 75, I switched to Husky, because they had this real cool 360 that Heike Mikola was riding. Yeah, yeah. And I rode that, uh, in the Trans Am series was the first series I rode in. Okay. It was in 75. And that's in the fall. In the fall. Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually took the 250 and the 360. My 250... Uh, were, those, were those back east or where were those things? Yeah, they're all over the they're place. They're all over the place? Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ma mainly back east. Yeah. And uh, usually mud races, so yeah. they played well to me. <laughs> and uh, ended up riding 360 because my 250 broke too much. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. So I... I would get 10th, 11th place in the international class and make more than the winners in the 250 class. 
So that was cool. Oh, so you weren't riding the main, you were riding support class for those? For I, the initially, I was riding the 250 support, but uh, the bike broke down, yeah, so okay. I switched yeah, to yeah, the yeah. international right. class. So my first year racing, I was running international. You must have been pretty, uh, like you said, you grew up racing or reading about these guys and hearing about these guys. You must have been pretty stoked to have been like, holy shit, like there's, there's what, well, the Coster did them, right? Uh, I don't know if Mikkel ever did them, but, you know, those type of guys did them, like... Well, it certainly was DeCoster. There was a, a, a lot of names. Yeah, Carquist yeah. came over. I, I thought it was, we made friends with the guys. They were yeah. super nice. It, we hung out with Oh, you did? So they were yeah, cool? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 We'd hang out with them. Right. And, I mean, Moto guys, we were just so youthful enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, Roger was a rock star, right? Like in Europe, like at this part. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Obviously, I didn't hang with a guy like Roger, but <laughs> I, I'll tell you a little story. I didn't hang with Rog. <laughs> I, we were stamping, you know, the wet ground, in, uh, listening to a writers' meeting okay. in, in Mid Ohio. Yeah, and uh, and I I hear somebody say, uh, I w "We're going to we're going to do good today because of the rain." Okay, and, and I was kind of looking around to see who who he was talking to, and I look up. And Roger's looking at me. Oh, really? And I go, oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy and I, I just froze. I, I said, I, maybe I said, yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, my mind's reeling. How does, right. he, how does, how does he, he know who I am? Right. Well, he's he knows mud. He yeah. knows mud riding. They, yeah. they grew up in that. Right. He, he knew that I was from Oregon. And I, I, I always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. It'd be like James Stewart saying, hey, man, like, you know. And, and a few years later, Three years later, I passed him to go into the lead in the mud yeah. at Mid Ohio yeah, to yeah. win that moto there. Yeah, so, pretty pretty cool. Yeah, so it's th there's uh, a fair amount of history of of being around Roger and knowing of him. And when you went to Honda in '80, like they weren't the juggernaut that they turned into, were they? I mean, Suzuki's were really good, Yamahas were good. Like it wasn't. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they weren't like the amazing Honda. Well. To a degree, though, that but they had maybe the riders were more all stars. Okay, yeah. They had Tripes. Yeah. They had Jimmy Ellis. They oh, had Marty, Jim Pomeroy. Marty earlier, and, yeah. and of course yeah. the, the original star Marty Smith. Right. So they had some all star riders, mm -hmm. and and then there was some uh, ideas that things were getting old and stodgy. They were going to start fresh. Yeah. And I think Steve Wise was with them. Mm -hmm. So when in 1980, when they started again, they they kind of cleaned house. Mm -hmm. And Wise was on the new team, and they started all new. Everybody knew. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I first tested, I almost went with Kawasaki. Oh, okay. Because so after I won that first race, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm on yeah. the radar. Yeah. Yeah, of course. right? You're, and you're on a Husky winning, too, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, Trunk and Pulse, he's the... T and KTM. Yep. He was. Oh, he was at Husky. No. Or, oh. He was at KTM. He was at Mid Ohio. Oh. Wanted oh, to okay. hire me. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the guys that uh, uh, he he told Rod Bush, you you need to hire that guy. Yeah, yeah. And Rod Bush is a ah, he's a dumb motocrosser. We don't need to hire him because <laughs> Husky's mainly off road, off -road guys. stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah, you know, the motocross guys got a little bit more budget. Than the the off road yeah. guys, Rossler. So, so yeah, so that. you almost went to Cowie then instead of Honda. Like you had a little bit of a deal, a little bit of a bidding. We war. had a conversation yeah. going, and they said, "Hey, stay a day after Unadilla mm -hmm. and ride Brad's bike." Yeah, and 
I'm a kid thinking, go ride a full factory bike. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be amazing. And I rode the ProLink Kawasaki. I think it was a 420 or something like that. And it was amazing. Yeah. The the big difference was uh, the power was pretty good on my Husky, yep. the power delivery. There was just a little bit more with the Kawasaki on the top end. Interesting. But the shock, that link, you, it felt like you could hit anything uh, and it would absorb it. So there was an element of confidence that it gave you. And when I finished riding that bike, oh, God, if I had this thing. Yeah, yeah, you were. So throughout the rest of the series, they said, okay, when we wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, you're thinking you're going Cowie? Yeah. yeah, and I went down there to the office. They had me in there, uh, and and then Gunner calls me and says, "Dude, you gotta you gotta get over here." <laughs> and that's uh, Gunner Lindstrom. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, you know, I gotta talk to them first. Yeah. You know, it's just just to be fair. Yeah. And they barely let me out of the office. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, it, and and I could have used some help. I was just a. A kid on my own. Yeah, mom and dad not around, not help it, like not into it too much. They were they were into it. Yeah, uh, but they didn't grow up in this. Right, right. You know. Yeah. And my mom just always was supportive. Sure. Go get them. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, props to my dad. He wasn't like uh, some families that said, "No, you're not going to ride those motorcycles." Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was. Uh, oh. That's right. what you want to do. Let's do it. Yeah. You yeah, know. Right. So good on it. But he, um, you know, he had his own business and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, well, that's good. You right. Know. So was uh, the Honda more he'd money? He'd come to some races and yeah, they just kept ramping it up. Okay. And, you know, they did the three-year contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I felt that, you know, a lot of times they didn't want to change my bike year to year. You know, so if yeah. I was with one company, yep. I could transition and that would help everything sure. in the next year. And and there was the Roger DeCosta being enamored by that. Um, and it, it was just too good. Yeah. It was uh, just Kawasaki would have been good as well, I'm yeah. sure. It would have been uh, teammates with Wardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, th they ended up making an offer separate from my deal to my brother Ron. Oh, okay. Because he was kind of yep. the next guy. Right. Uh, and he was second behind Bailey in that Trans Am support series on 500s. Okay. So he was doing yeah. very well. But they put him on a 125, and he didn't really have much experience on a 125. He broke his leg skiing at the beginning of the season. and Sure. It, you know, yeah. ended up winning a, a moto at the USGP in the mud at mid-Ohio. Yeah. Uh, so he had some highlight races, and uh, I miss him. He he passed away last year. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, sorry to yeah, hear that. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you how he's doing because yeah, yeah, I certainly remember the name from the magazines and everything. And yeah, he made know. it to sixty. We miss him, uh, yeah. RB. But uh, good uh, ma good man. Um, for you, uh, outside of your brother, who was your closest buddy racing? Like you know, your your Chuck son, your national champion, your motocross nation champion. Who are you hanging out with? Um, I was up in the northwest and. Uh, you know, we had our, our little posse up okay. there. I had a roommate that we hung out with, and I was just traveling and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I was kind of a, a little bit of a solo dude, okay. you know. Yep. Hanson and Gibson, uh, we, we were buds. Yep. So we did a lot of things together. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in Southern California when I was down When here. you were living over the beach by the, by yeah. the, by the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, did you ever experience any racism at all? Uh, you know, you're... I, I don't know how that would go. I, I think that's that. That's a, 
a, a good point. Uh, I re- felt that vibration when I was a kid. Okay. Growing up. In motos, a motor no, in life? No, no. In life. J- just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just in school. Yeah, right. Just in sure. school. Um, and I like to compare it to uh, uh, t- kids teasing. Okay. I, I I can't say for sure, but it's I I kind of wrap it up into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, and my you, my dad would always say, I had never had any problem with racism, and absolutely that's not true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's how he took it, yep. and that's kind of how I took it. Sure. I, you just overlook it, you swallow it, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. But that that little bits and pieces peppering over a time would grind on you. Mm-hmm. And when I started finding dirt bikes and riding, uh, it seemed like a lot of that disappeared. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't there. Right. Uh, it was, uh, oh, I mean, the biggest thing is, oh, you're riding a Voltaco. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but no, no, f- every, yeah. they didn't even do that. It's like, oh, you're, you got that. That's cool. Yeah. You have a bike. Yeah. Uh, you're racing. It seemed like it was, um, I used a term for it at one point. Oh, racing was my safe place. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I Uh, mean, I I remember growing up and seeing you in ads and seeing you in JT ads and, you know, and and everything else. And like, you know, as a a, a kid growing up in Canada, we didn't have very many uh, uh, other races around us, you know, all white guys up in Canada. And I remember thinking, wow, like I don't know anybody else who, who races dirt bikes that isn't just a white male. You know what I mean? Uh, just You were like the, literally the only guy I would know that would do that. In the Northwest, um, in the school that I went to, uh, you, you know, there there were a couple uh, Japanese people. Yeah. And, and they, they have strawberry farms. And, and yeah. that was about it. Yeah. So there wasn't, much and racing in the nobody way. right and, and, and racing, racing yeah. nobody so right. i i was accustomed living that way yeah. i i wasn't um in in a you know chinese only community yeah, yeah. church or anything like that yeah, yeah. I, I i i i'm i'm just kind of a redneck from the northwest <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just like everybody else yeah yeah but when I was a kid, I was treated a little, a little bit differently yeah and maybe there was that that there was a, like a burning ember that followed me into racing uh-huh. that, that I could reach down in and drag Maybe, it yeah. up and fight sure. a little harder because motocross at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's times where it, 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 it's pain. You don't it's have the grueling. energy yeah, and yeah. you grind it out. Yeah. You grind it out yep, and, yep. and you get across the line and you draw on something. I yeah. always said you got to have a little bit of a problem <laughs> in you motocross. Gotta, you, you gotta be a little bit of a, yeah. yeah. You gotta, I gotta be able to over, overcome something, yeah. but I, I th- that doesn't, uh, you know, bode well with half half the guys out there today, you know, I mean, I don't think Dungey has any problems. You know? Yeah, I mean, no, he's, I know. So, but yeah. whatever, yeah. for me, yeah, for you. it, it yep. kind of was digging down and um, satisfying to get the accomplishments that I achieved. Yeah, absolutely. National champion, Dis Nations champion, all that stuff. What, uh, First of all, I was looking through your results at the at the vault here and uh, on Racer X, and I've heard of uh, all these tracks um, over the years. I have never heard. I was going to ask you about this one, CDR Tech Track. What the hell was that? But that's a different term. I okay. think it's in Colorado. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. And oh, so Castle Rock they call it. Yeah. Yeah. So Castle. Okay. And I Castle was, Rock ca- is okay if. 
if you were to ask me what one of your favorite tracks are, yeah, I'd say Washugal, Yudadilla, and Castle Rock. Oh, Castle Rock, really? A- yeah, any yeah. one of them could yeah. take the top spot. Right, right. So these are some buddies of mine, real uh, Husqvarna enthusiasts, that that put on a motocross race on the ski lift in Aspen. Okay. And there's some old photos of Makos and Huskies. Yeah, yeah on the ski lift in Aspen, That's which cool. I love to see. Right. Never happened th- these days. Yeah. But they were asked to lay out this course, and they helped in the design. Oh, of it. okay. And it's on this massive hillside, uh, all-natural terrain, with this loamy, thick dirt, big, fast, downhill, uphill, virtually covered a mountain. You couldn't see the backside That's of the track. That's pretty cool, yeah. It, it, it was like this off-road enduro. And uh, it was so fun to ride there and I had some major battles with Brock and I won one motos there yeah, yeah. And, yeah that's pretty and, cool and that's the track that that Ricky Johnson was at the wheel lost the yeah, wheel yeah because there was a ski jump and he just hucked it off of it yeah. and flew way too far and blew up his wheel you know I worked at factory Yamaha for a few years as a mechanic and I would bug I would bug Bob Oliver about that I'd be like hey Bob Come check my front wheel, will you? I just want to make sure it doesn't blow up here. You know, I was telling you. I'm sure I appreciated that. Yeah, he always told me to fuck off. Yeah. And then uh, Tom Halverson was the road race team manager, and he was Wardy's mechanic when Wardy's throttle cable broke at 86 Anaheim, and Wardy didn't qualify. And I used to be like, hey, Halvey, come check my throttle cable. He didn't like that either. But You know, I just rode with, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, Damon Bradshaw lives up in Idaho. Yeah. And he he is, uh, you know, just a taken to the yeah. technical trails up there and yep. he's a great rider carries a saw cutting trees yeah. working on trail right and and every time we stop you know we chat a little bit and uh he's got some great he he said when he was riding that four four ninety, he said yeah. he, he'd tell brock i'm riding the same bike you did yeah said, exactly no, you, I, know. You were not, you know. <laughs> I know he he's, no, the, the, the famous story he's told me about that is he told the guys at yamaha look just take the shock off and put a strut on it because at least then i know that that's going to work for the entire 30 minutes because the, the way the shock started off and then it would just end up being a pogo stick by the end of the moto it, it, yeah yeah <laughs> and he had some good stories. He he was on a winning donations team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, he was on a real slow 125. Yeah. And he got landed on. Yeah, yeah, he went to and, hospital. Yeah. yeah. And they still pulled out uh, a win, which yep. was pretty cool. Um, what, for you, you've had so many great races, but what's one race or two races where you, that just stand out, that were races that you just were like on, on, unbeatable? Do you have a couple that come to mind? Um, well, where at the end of the day, you're just like, look, I was a badass today. And, you know, I was on it. I mean, you, you always have to look back at your first national. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we always think we can do it. We can pull it off. I'm, we wrapped up the Supercross series, did okay. Uh, and now we got this new cool 500 works bike. Mm-hmm. How's this going to be? Yeah. And. Laporte was a defending champion. Rick Burgett. We got some tough comp. Yeah. And we go out to the Coombs place out at High Point. Yeah. And those guys are avid enthusiasts. So I always go out and hang out and ride around the track and stay there before the event. And uh, I I go out there. Things are clicking. Mm-hmm. I get the holy. What year is this? By the way. It's be 80. It's 80. Okay. This is your I, get, year. Yeah. I, get, I get the holy and coming out of the way down below what, what became Bradshaw Boulevard. Yep. I hit the jump 
at too much of an angle, jumped over the banners and landed on the grass. Jeez, <laughs> oh, okay. And immediately I thought in my head, mm, I don't want this taken away from me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I should just jump back in. Yeah. The rules have changed since then. Yeah, you enter at a safe place now. Yeah. yeah. Then it was you got to go on where you came, which was foolish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that means now I got to enter at on the blind side yeah, of a jump. Right. Which is insane. Yeah, right. So I stopped, went in the grass, passed the jump down below it, okay. so I could see. Came back, back in yeah, and yeah. started back out. It was lap one. Yeah, yeah. I had forty minutes to take care of this. I, I probably came back in you know 15th or yeah. not too bad right you know yeah and came back and whittled through and and won oh wow yeah and, and won the second moto yeah so that that was quite satisfying and and uh and that was the opening round of the series that was the opening yeah, round yeah, of the yeah, series yeah. Right. so you're just like hey check it out and uh there there's a buddy of mine that i see every year i go out there and he's still is on the announces and stuff. Okay. He was there as a 14 year old yeah, yeah. megawatts. Oh, megawatt. I know megawatt. And megawatts yeah. was there. And he said, I'll never forget that day. You were there. <laughs> you know, and it's, that, that's the fun thing yeah. about, yeah. About uh, moto that everybody's still around yeah. because it's in your blood. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I watch, yeah. Yeah, I you watch go to a lot of races. I see a lot of races. Yeah. 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 I'm a fan. I enjoy it. And, uh, so that, that was a meaningful race. Um, I, I had a really good race and one year in the Trans Am, they ran uh, the 250 was the international class. Mm-hmm. And we had the water-cooled Honda, and it was super fast. Yeah. And the plug fouled on the line. Okay. So Crip is frantically changing the spark plug. Yeah. And the gate drops. That Too much time. Yeah. S- so off they go. And the start turned left, went up a hill, out into the woods, make an S-turn, drop down the woods, and came across the start line okay. to begin. Yep. So I was just praying we could get going before they came before across. They came across. <laughs> yeah. And I, I th- they were just coming onto the straight, and I, I, I made it out. Okay. So I was a good 15 seconds behind the last guy. Yeah. And whittled through the pack, caught up to Hannah, uh, and then and then dropped it, but I I think I was still like fourth. Okay. And uh, went through almost everybody. Yeah. And and I was just super stoked about that. And I remember Crippa was all excited about it. And I I comes back to the truck and I'm sitting there reading uh, how to fly manual. Oh yeah. Because yeah, I was so <laughs> pumped on learning how to fly. I said, oh, dude, wow. man, what's up with you? You know. Yeah. So, Bob's into flying now, right? Bob's oh, yeah, been into yeah. flying for a long time. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He loves it, man. Uh, yeah, that's he brokers up there, and I'll yeah. run into him from time to time. Oh, the, yeah. And, and uh, I'm I'm glad to hear he's healing up. Yeah. He had a he close had a call. Good one, right? Yeah, I heard on the uh, his he likes the road biking. Yeah, I and sent him a text. I never heard back from him. I'm like, oh, I hope he's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I think he broke a cheek or something. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. took a good one. But uh, yeah, I have friends that fly the uh, uh, the bush planes yep. back yep. up in there and. Yep. And actually, we have a trail that will trail ride into John Gregory's oh, property. Okay. Yeah, it's a very remote property on the edge of the wilderness. Oh, cool! Uh, top secret location, but he has his own little airstrip. Yeah, yeah. There back, was a back there. photo of him with a, one of his p- pipers in a tree. A little while back? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's thrilled that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, well, I was on Facebook. It was on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's right. 
Um, I, I think he had a fuel issue. Yeah. And yeah. he's lucky to be alive. Wow. It's a miracle. Yeah. Because it descended and the treetop went between the uh, the struts <laughs> and he was just sitting up just there. Just sat there. And they used the emergency locator and was able to, He ha I think he had reception on his phone. They wow. came out and yeah, pulled him out. Pulled it was him out. snowing. Uh, there was a firefighter that had tree arborist. Okay. And he went out there, limbed the tree, climbed up, created a net, <laughs> and blayed him out. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was the plane at, was told it. I was up at uh, Boise in WPS, and uh, Bob, I don't know how he knew that. I don't know if he saw my social, or I don't think he's on social media. I don't know. He sends me a text and goes, hey, uh, I'll, take you, I'll take you for a ride, like a, 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 a plane ride. And, and I'm just like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just after you're done at, at, at Fly, just let me know. And then, dude, I started thinking, like, I don't really, I don't do really well with heights. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not great at heights. And, and, and I'm like, Bob is going to scare the shit out of me uh, in this plane. I'm like, ah, I'm good, Bob. I'm, I'm all right. But part of me, to this day, is like, I passed up a plane ride with Bob Hanna. Like, I was I, just scared. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, he, he's wadded up a couple yeah, of planes he, before, but he's still alive. Yeah, now, yeah. that's a testament. You know, I mean. <laughs> If you're still kicking around, that's I pretty guess. good. I think he's. A, uh, I've heard very good things about his capa yeah. capabilities, and I don't like heights either. Yeah, uh, get me uh, to, close to the edge of a tall building, yeah. and I'm crouching down. Yeah, you Forget are. about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the planes are different. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just was like, this is awesome because Bob Hanna wants to take me for a plane ride, but this is maybe not awesome because I'm going to throw up everywhere when he goes in these G zero Gs and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so there's a Baja guy that uh, used to run, run Baja and run on the top, Jeff Sheets. And, okay. and he's building his own kit, the okay. Highland Plate. And yeah. that's where I'll stop in and rejuvenate myself up in Salmon. Okay. And he's building it. He's got a beautiful uh, Baja bike sitting in his house. Nice. And, uh, longtime motorcycle people. We never lose that. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, you're right, right? Uh, and that's what I expect to do, and that's what Bradshaw uh, has done a lot of flying. Yeah, yep. But he sold his planes. He kicks himself for selling them. Yeah, yeah. He, no, absolutely. I think it's maybe just getting a little bit of a thrill too. Still getting a little bit of a thrill, you know, as a motocrosser. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of that. Well, we need that, and yeah. uh, th that was another thing that I did. I I did supermoto. Yeah. Uh, and I got hooked on that too. And sliding on the pavement uh, was a rush. It yeah. was a really cool thing. And uh, uh, I feel bad for the KTM guys that always poach the works bikes. <laughs> when I was when I was working for them, you know, yeah. re 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 sales manager, yeah, I just salesman. I got away from with murder. Yeah. And I'd go race, and I'd I'd win top ten contingencies. They'd have to write me a check, <laughs> check for yeah. contingency on their works bikes. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've seen you out mountain biking too, out at Blue Diamond and stuff at times. Times. So yeah, like good. I, the yeah. rule is live at a trailhead. Yeah, whether yeah. it's dirt bike or right, a mountain wh whatever bike. Whatever it is. Uh, mountain bike is is cool. There's it's a quietness uh, solo thing for yeah. a while, and you right. know get the blood pumping. Yeah. Well, Chuck, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. I, I wanted to get you in the studio. I knew you were here a lot, so thanks to Talon for helping us arrange this. Uh, uh, congratulations on all the success. This nation's national championship, fantastic to uh, to get some of your story here today. So yeah. Uh, great to be here, Steve, man. Good times. Thanks a lot. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Chuck Sun. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That's absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, percent, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, as the day-